to my fellow witches and bad bitches. I'm Luna Saranova, and I'm here to chat about my experiences as a modern witch and my journey to embrace my inner bad bitch. If you want to learn more about harnessing your divine femininity and becoming unapologetically authentic, this is the place for you. I will be discussing all things witchy and all things bad bitchy, so if that sounds like your cup of tea, you're in the right place. Make sure to follow me at Luna Saranova on all platforms, including YouTube, for even more special content. You can support me and my podcast at my Patreon, where you will get tons of extra goodies, including early access to podcast and YouTube videos, exclusive access to members-only content, including tarot readings, livestream Q&As, group rituals, book clubs, and even more. So on that note, welcome to Good Witch, Bad Bitch. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Good Witch, Bad Bitch. I hope you're doing amazing. I'm so excited today because I'm bringing on a guest to the show, which you guys know doesn't happen every time, but when it does, it's always a banger episode. I only bring on the best of the best, the people who are so interesting to me. And Gabby from The Stylist Witch is one of the coolest people I know in my online sphere right now. She's so inspiring. And if you guys have been following me for a while, then you already know that because I have unboxed two of her boxes on my YouTube channel now. Um, I won't explain anything too crazy in depth. I will let her explain that for you guys. But Gabby is a fashion alchemist and a glamour witch who specializes in intuitive styling and really just helps people take their fashion game to the next level when they're like, man, it's like mixing fashion and magic. <laughs> it's amazing. That's what we love here. You guys know that I am a huge um lover of glamour magic and i definitely fall into you know makeup hair stuff like that with a little dash of fashion magic in there as well but gabby is literally next level she is so in tune with this like fashion witchery it's beautiful it's amazing she's so intelligent and i'm just so so excited to bring her on here today and to let her talk to you guys about what she does because i think it's so interesting and we're all some bad bitches here we all love some glamour magic so i think you're going to love the conversation we had so much fun talking about it we had probably from the beautiful mercury post shadow phase that's happening um we had some technical difficulties i don't think you guys are going to notice though i um I don't think that it's going to come through. I edited out most of the um, like technical difficulties, but we might be a little bit like tired by the end of the episode. Um, but again, I don't think it's going to come up in, in your guys' listening experience. So just hang on tight. Get excited because it's going to be really fun. We had so much fun talking about this. So a huge thank you to Gabby for coming on the show. It was really such a pleasure. And hopefully we can look forward to even more of these fun collabs with Gabby because... This is my new SoCal BFF in the glamour magic world. Like we're killing it out here. We're having so much fun. So um, I know you guys are going to enjoy this episode. Let me know on Instagram what you guys thought of it. And I will let you guys just get started. Have fun.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good Witch, Bad Bitch. I'm so excited because today I have an amazing guest on. This is Gabby from The Stylist Witch. Everyone say hello. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> I'm so excited. You guys, if you guys watch my YouTube or if you've heard me like the past few months, I've been obsessing over Gabby and all the work she does on The Stylist Witch because it's so revolutionary and it's so like if you're somebody who's into glamour magic you're gonna love her because she's so like she's the fashion queen and it's I'm just obsessed with it it's so cool so I'm gonna stop talking about her and let her talk to you guys about her so Gabby I always ask all of my um guests just to start what's your big three easy um uh triple Taurus um so yeah Yes, <laughs> I have a first house Taurus stellium. So it's my rising sun, moon, and Venus. And when you look at my work, it really makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. I knew that you were a Taurus rising and sun. I didn't know you were a Taurus moon. And so, okay, that's really fun. I love to see that. Um, I'm a Taurus rising. And so I feel like that's, that's my only Taurus that I have in my chart, but I feel like it comes through and anybody who's like a Taurus, I'm just like, man, we're going to be best friends because right. the vibes are so good. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, just to start little icebreaker question for you. I want to know if you, okay, let me preface actually you guys, if you follow Gabby, you'll know this if you don't she's a shoe queen and I'm obsessed with it she has the <laughs> shoes so I have to know if you could only wear one pair of shoes like for the rest of your life what would it be I love this question because I think like the most like long running obsession I've had my whole life has been shoes and I've accumulated like quite the collection um, and I am definitely like a balanced type of person, like, because I have so many Taurus placements, I want both glamour and <laughs> comfort. And oh. so it's really funny that you ask that because, um, my birthday was last month and right before my birthday, um, Manolo Blahnik and Birkenstock collaborated on a pair of Birkenstocks and the, the design, uh, pays an homage to the iconic blue Manolo Blahnik from Sex in the City. And so it came in like the iconic blue, but it also came in like a fuchsia pink, which if you can like notice anything about me, it's that I'm obsessed with pink. And so I actually got them. Uh, my partner gave them to me for my birthday and I have them right here just to show them off. So you can see how this is the perfect fusion of like absolute glamour and comfort because they're flat like versatile but those are like real crystals in there so that it like I saw as soon as this collaboration was announced I was like this is literally me as a shoe and so this is my answer <laughs> yes I totally get that though like I 100% I need to feel pretty but if I am like uncomfortable, I just want to die. Like I have to wear something that feels cozy. Textures are so important, but you have to be looking good too. That's why this is a romper. I live in rompers. They're so comfy. Yes. So that makes me the chorus thing because I really feel that. But man, love those shoes. I feel like that's a great choice. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> okay, cool. So now that we know a little bit about just some fun basic things, I'd love if you could just introduce yourself, tell us like who you are, what you do, what is the stylist witch, and whatever you want. Yes, absolutely. So um, I go by Gabby and um, I, yeah, the stylist switch kind of started um, about three, three and a half years ago. Um, I was living in LA and I had a clothing label called Moon Arrow and I was hand making and designing a bunch of like really like bohemian like you know festival type of clothing um and it yeah if anyone has ever like worked in fashion or had their own brand you'll know how expensive it is, is to sustain a clothing business and so at that point I actually didn't know that like styling was like a thing like I had no idea you know I didn't go to fashion school or anything like that so I had no idea that that was like a possible career um, and at the end, like the last few months of Moon Arrow, um, I was, I, I did a lot of like one of a kind pieces. And so I started doing one of a kind pieces that were inspired by certain Zodiac signs. And so that kind of like got me researching into like, um, zodiacal associations and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I was doing not only Zodiac inspired stuff, but like the elements and tarot cards and stuff like that, which really just started my deep dive into just my curiosity that really tied like, uh, spirituality and witchcraft together with fashion. Um, and so that's kind of like where it started. And then after that, I just started, I was just so interested in all of this that it kind of like snowballed. And then I ended up closing the doors to Moon Arrow and moving into styling. Um, and yeah, when I actually first started styling, I didn't intend to move in the direction that I have. I had just started styling like just a few months before the pandemic hit and I was barely getting paid at that point or anything. And then the pandemic hit and I had just pivoted into a new career and like all the opportunities were gone. And so I was like, okay, I need to like turn this virtual somehow and then um I started offering like the closet cleanses and stuff and if you're familiar well of course um your viewers have seen like the bundles and stuff I started doing that um because that was a way that I could still do what I was doing and continue to like nerd out about like the spiritual side and fashion um and able to do that and that was actually just incredibly fulfilling in a way that I didn't realize um, I, I wanted because that just allowed me to work one-on-one -on -one with people, which is just so much more of a fulfilling experience, especially because when you integrate intuitive and divinatory tools into styling, it becomes so much more personal. Um, and those tools, a lot of us use them as methods of self-discovery and things like that. And so the fashion aspect just kind of um, went hand in hand with that, where a lot of the discovery of personal style through uh, practice, the spiritual practices really went hand in hand with that self-discovery. And so it becomes a really intimate container that really has to kind of be one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and so, yeah, you know, here we are and all of that has led to here. So it's just, um, 
yeah, it's been a lot of stuff that I didn't plan, you know, but that's always how life is, right? You look back in retrospect and you're like, all of this was, you know, accumulating to, to this point. So, <laughs> yeah, that's really surprises me because I just fully thought you were like went to fashion school because you're like a published um like stylist right I'm a published stylist yeah I I mean the thing is is I have I mean fashion has been a, a focal point of my life for as long as I can remember like there is no point in my life where that has not been an interest to me and I, I considered going to fashion school. I just, um, my, my family heritage is South American. And so I didn't like, I, I just never really entertained that as like something I could actually pursue. Like my family is a lot more in like the kind of um, more traditional, like logical type of stuff. So I'm over here like you know, doing like some other shit, but um yeah so I I didn't go to fashion school but I've taken like courses here and there and like I'm a big fashion nerd like I have nerded out over like all the things and of course I was a designer too so like I know how to make clothing and take measurements and sew and like all that stuff so um because of that clothing brand I've, I've actually worked I've or at least have had experience in almost like every area of like the fashion industry which is really helpful because as a stylist like I'm pretty well rounded in that knowledge without the schooling which is nice <laughs> yeah that's super nice to like just know that stuff and not have to pay a ton of money because it really shows like and I love your altar. You guys need to go check out her Instagram. She posts her altar. It's got like Chanel books in it. It's so cute. Yes. I'm well, I have, yeah, because, and that's something I, I um, just love so much. Like I, the books that I have under it, my altar is like, it's got, it's like, um, it's almost like a nightstand or something. So it's got like the top and then the bottom has kind of like a cubby and it fits books. So I have like my fashion books, but I also have books on like witchcraft and like color magic. All of those books are, because my work is a fusion of so many things and the books in that drawer like are all those fusions and all the things that I want to, to channel into my work because all of my work is devotional. So yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. I have so many questions that are coming up out of nowhere too. This yes. Is so that's the way. <laughs> so, okay. Really quick, just to touch on something you said, you mentioned it's all devotional. I know you work with Venus. Tell me about like your deity work, your spirit work. Like who are you working for? <laughs> no, it's actually really interesting. And I don't think I've ever really publicly talked about this before. So, um, I, I have so many Venusian aspects, right? But I was in denial of them for a very long time for many reasons. Um, I, like I said, my family's like really traditional. My parents grew up in South America, worked really hard, came to the state so that we could have a better life, like, you know, all of those things. And so they um, really value uh, like education and kind of like, you know, the, the things that they are familiar with that they had to do um, to, to get ahead. Um, so, you know, when I started Moon Arrow, like, you know, I had like dropped out of college and, and all this stuff. Um, but it's funny because even the name Moon Arrow, like if you like dissect that, at that point I was working, that, that whole brand was actually devotional to Artemis, who I was working with at that point, because uh, my 
my family upbringing really kind of like made me repress a lot of the things that were labeled as like frivolous, like my interest in aesthetics and all of that. And so um, it wasn't until, sorry, I'm like going a little bit out of order here, but basically I started with Moon Arrow. That was devotional. Um, I used to donate a part of uh, the profit to um, organizations that helped with like wildlife and stuff because Artemis is the goddess of the hunt and wildlife mm -hmm. and things. So I tried to make it um, like that. And then um, right when I started styling, like when I was telling you, like I started right before the pandemic and then the pandemic hit. So at the beginning of the pandemic, I had my birth chart read for the first time, which is crazy because at that point I had been into astrology for like a decade. So I was like, I can't believe like this is my first time having it read. Um, and that was when I really started to um, just stop being in denial of like the innate connection to Venus. Mm -hmm. um, and that was when I really dove into like the styling and stuff. So it's, it's just really interesting how just looking back, like I went from, you know, being devoted to Artemis and having that label that was dedicated to her. Um, and then, so and then moving into this where I'm really just like in alignment with my most authentic self. And that is working with what is already very present um, in my life because yeah, the Venusian effect is like all encompassing. Like it's beyond clothes and fashion. It's like my home, what I eat, my quality of friends. Like, I mean, it's everything. Like there is not a single aspect of my life that doesn't have some type of Venusian aspect to it. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I was working with Artemis for those years. Um, yeah, recently, recently I have, uh, been interested in maybe starting a relationship with Ekate. Um, I've like played around with that a little bit before, but right the past few years has been really about, I, I kind of feel like making up for lost time with like my, my connection to Venus. Cause it, it's only been like maybe three years since I was really able to dive into that and, um, yeah, not be held back by my own repressed and like internalized narratives from everywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool to hear. Oh my gosh. Okay, cool. Um, I feel like I'm having my Aries Mercury moment where like, all these questions are constantly popping up. So I might be jumping back and forth because you said some things that I was so interested in and yeah. I forgot what my question was, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I totally relate to that. And like, just having a deep, cause I work with Freya and obviously Freya and Venus are super closely connected and working with a deity where it's like encouraging you to seek out pleasure in a world where it's so anti-pleasure and pleasure is bad. And what is lazy and stuff like that. And I think that, I don't know, working with a pleasure deity has been so transformative for me. And I yeah. think it must just be like that Taurus energy, like finally letting us be like open to luxury and like the finer things in life. Yeah, I actually read something the other day that just struck me so hard. And I'm, I feel like you can probably relate to this too, that like, working with pleasure deities I mean for me it kind of allowed me to discover that at least for myself like 
you know as as a society and like humanity we're so like you know what is the point of life like what should we be doing you know whatever what are we here to do I feel like um we're just here to like enjoy life like that's like you know we're all humans and like especially and this is something I have such a personal connection to because of the tourist placements that I'm sure you relate to like Taurus is a sign that is ruled by the senses and our senses are how we experience the world so to not bring pleasure to those senses I just feel like it's such a disservice to the human experience like if we chose here to have a human experience then denying ourselves that is denying ourselves like a huge aspect of of life and and experience and I I just yeah you know I I think that's just such a just just showing ourselves such neglect and that's so sad I 100% agree I was um I was setting up my ancestor altar um a couple of weeks ago and I was like reading on how to do it and whatnot because I've never done it before and the book I was reading had mentioned that the reason we set out offerings which I never thought about why we set out offerings other than just like as a token of gratitude and thanks but it's because when you're in the spirit realm it's believed that you can't taste food you can't have sex you can't experience the senses and I agree like that's probably one of the reasons we come down here to this crazy fucking place so that we can feel those things and eat the amazing chocolate cake and all this stuff and it's like to be in a world where that is the goal and then to deny that it's so crazy so I yeah that really resonates like what's the point of having experience having a human experience if you're not having a human experience yeah seriously you can't just take the bad you can't just feel the sad and feel the hurt and everything and not seek out the pleasure like oh I love that so shifting gears, I want to talk about intuitive styling because that's kind of a word that you've coined and it sounds so sexy and I'm so excited to hear. Um, let's just start for anybody who who's never heard that. What is intuitive styling? So intuitive styling is essentially the entire method that um, I've kind of uh pave like the path for within the styling realm um it is the integration of um intuitive divinatory spiritual um tools like astrology color magic the tarot um all of those things um to be able to aid in the styling process and basically uh the 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 reason for that the reason that i use those things is because well, several reasons, but um, primarily, generally, there are like some pretty significant aspects of ourselves that are repressed. Like, you know, the those of us that have been on like, you know, the spiritual path, like that's kind of what we're doing is like accessing our full selves, getting to know our entire selves. But a lot of people, there's so much of a sense of like unfamiliarity with ourselves um, or things that we've repressed throughout our lives. Um, and so I, I find that a lot of us, I mean, the you know, one of the bigger points of life is to like have that self-awareness where, you know, you, you really know yourself very well. And so I use these tools as a way to tap into what is lying dormant. 
Um, particularly because um, a lot of clients that come to me, they know that they want like an aesthetic like level up, but they don't really know what that looks like or like what style they want to try out. Because in order to even know that you have to, you know, kind of like be aware of those things and it can be hard um, to, to really nail down like, you know, what you what you want to look like and how you want to present yourself. So I use these things, uh, these tools as a way to kind of uncover, unlock, um, access, and then amplify those things. And so I use um, clothing and, and style, um, personal style to be able to access and then amplify the parts of yourself that have been dormant or repressed so that you can function like at your most you know just at your highest level um you know for for every for every reason <laughs> so yeah just really um uncovering like your authentic aesthetic and like what what that means to you um and a big part of that is helping people define um beauty what beauty is to them because I feel like societally we're so used to like these beauty standards which is a term I really detest um and you know really just a way of accepting that whatever you think is beautiful like it doesn't have to fit within the parameters of like traditional beauty like whatever you think is beautiful deserves to be expressed um and you know getting a little deeper there like when it comes to deity work particularly with venus like beauty is kaleidoscopic like there's just so many iterations of it it's completely limitless and so um i work with a lot of like outfit offerings which is something that i do and i think that the most authentic form of offering um, when it comes to um, stylistic things like that is just being really truthful and honest about what you think is beautiful because there's a there's a reason you think that's beautiful you know like our tastes like they're rooted in something so I I just think that Venus wants to see every iteration of beauty because it is limitless and we're all beautiful and everything that we want to express um is is beautiful so yeah I love <laughs> what you said and like you were mentioning how you know obviously beauty beauty standards within our society and kind of like that repression and that block that I think a lot of us go through at some point with our with our bodies with how we're presenting ourselves and you know last year I feel like on TikTok um maybe a little bit this year too you know, the male gaze versus the female gaze really became popular. And I was thinking about it and I 100% consciously don't dress for men. I would like them to not speak to me <laughs> on the streets <laughs> and stuff. But by, you know, researching that, looking into that and hearing what people were saying, I realized that there is an aspect of how I used to dress that was geared toward the male gaze because truthfully the male gaze is just society's standard of beauty because who's been writing society rather than white men like they've been telling us what to do so then consciously shifting that mindset to what is the female gaze what is like the self gaze what do i like you know and i think that's transformative and like i feel like it's a collective thing we've kind of been 
going towards? Have you seen kind of that shift within your practice? Yeah, and I do think that the female gaze really is appreciative of all beauty. I feel like women are so, um, you know, people that identify as women are so much more receptive and open-minded and just open to that. Like, you know, even if something is not like your cup of tea, like I can appreciate like the effort and the intention and the artistry. Um, and you know, that's cool. Like it just adds another, you know, another facet, another dimension to an already just like prismatic world. And, um, I love that. I think, I think that, um, you know, that gaze is a lot more encouraging. Um, and so, you know, and just not so, so, so limiting. Um, and I love that. I think that that is so cool. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. It just, just goes to show like, I don't know, there's, there's just so much more to like the, the confines that we've all been, that we've all been used to. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. One thing I kind of want to talk about because I have had the pleasure of getting a beauty or not a beauty box, but a, what do you call them? Like a Venus box? The Venus bundles. Yeah. 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 I've gotten a couple of different boxes from you. And so I know that when you get a bundle from you, you fill out this whole questionnaire and a big thing that you hit on a lot is different astrology placements within someone's chart. So if you were looking at somebody's chart or looking at your own chart in terms of this intuitive styling, what are the most important things to look at? Like if somebody wanted to look at their chart and figure out where to go, what would they look at? Um, first the rising sign for sure. Um, because the rising sign dictates the first house and the first house is identity self, um, and it can even influence your appearance. Um, and so that is definitely the first thing. Um, the Venus placement as well. Um, and even like the fifth house, um, that is ruled by Leo. It's like about, you know, creativity and how we like to receive attention. Um, and so, yeah, rising sign definitely because it covers like the identity and self kind of aspects. Venus too, but it depends what house it's in, you know, because sometimes Venus doesn't necessarily express itself through through aesthetic necessarily. Like if it's, um, you know, like if your Venus is like in the sixth house, then like maybe, you know, you are more into like having your surrounding areas have that aspect, but uh, yeah, so that's probably the three. Moon is is good too, um, because it's kind of, I feel like the moon sign a lot of the time can show you somebody's like default um, kind of style and like where they've come from um, and kind of like what something like uh, for me like you know my moon is in Taurus and I will just always have like a bohemian aspect like no matter how many times my style switches and matures like there's there's an underlying theme and so I feel like that moon is like that that place of comfort where even if you're experimenting it's still kind of the anchor um and so yeah those those are the placements that I definitely look at but again like I don't know it's just 
with astrology, like the more, the more charts I read, I actually really place a lot, like the signs are important, but I feel like the house placements can kind of have a louder influence. That's why like the rising is definitely, and just like in my observations with clients, I actually find that a lot of their kind of go-to styles like really um, correlate with like the rising sign more than their sun, unless you're like me and you have your sun in the first house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I definitely think like in my own personal style, I definitely dress more Taurus. Like I like to be flowy and boho and like comfortable but on the, like on a random day, I will pop into that Aries and I'll have some leather pants on or some shit like that. But what I think is interesting, cause you were talking about the houses and my son is in Aries in the 12th house, which I think is really funny because I have this constant duality of like, I don't want to be perceived by anybody ever. Like no one look at me and like that Aries, like I'm hot, everyone give me attention. Like it's a crazy duality. And I think it makes so much sense when you look at it that way with the houses and you're talking so much about rising signs. So I think that something I want to tell everyone that I noticed you're doing a workshop about this soon, right? Yes. Um, I'm actually officially announcing it tomorrow, but I'm sure that (laughs) comes out, it'll be afterwards, but yes. So I've really been wanting to do more workshops this year. And so I've like run a few, um, polls and surveys on my Instagram and people really, one of the more requested workshops was like learning how to style like your big three, but because of everything I just said with the rising sign, I am doing a workshop called rising radiance. Um, and it's happening on June 17th, but I am going to record it and then it'll be available on my website afterwards as well. Um, but yeah, so this is definitely going to go into like the first house and the significance of the first house and then go into like each sign and they're kind of like signature styles, colors, fabrics, brands, like all, all the things that can kind of like, um, you know, really activate, uh, that the energy of your rising sign. That's awesome. That sounds really, really cool. I have a question about that for you. When you're interpreting like the rising sign in the first house, if somebody's first house contains like two different signs, do you usually like take both of those into account or is it usually what the rising is kind of takes over in your opinion? Um, you know, it's, it's so complicated with astrology because birth charts are so complex. So a lot of the whole house that's different too. Right. And like, sometimes, you know, there can be other things in the chart that, you know, kind of like influence other things, but I have seen it play out in really interesting ways. Like, Last year, I had a client whose first house was um, Leo and Virgo, and the clothes that she liked to wear was really Virgo. Like she was really into just clean, like denim, white sneakers, very like less is more kind of thing. But she was like, I really like to go in on my jewelry and wear like gold jewelry and like have like the gold and gold. Um, associates with uh with the sun and with leo and um as far as fabrics go like it doesn't get more virgo than denim so 
Um, so I just thought that that was really interesting. I mean, of course, it doesn't always play out like that, but that was a really interesting instance where um, it really kind of like fused. And the other thing with Leo too is that a lot of people, you know, because Leo's uh, like stereotypical astrology is like they're loud and they're bold and they're the center of attention. And so um, at first when I was um, like, studying all of this I you know I feel like people think Leos are going to be like you know really loudly dressed and like big prints and you know really like almost gaudy you know that kind of thing but really with Leo aesthetic like if if I could pick one Leo muse that is like what I see Leo style as it's Jennifer Lopez we're like always looks regal and and like a queen but she doesn't like some of her outfits are loud sometimes, but they're not loud in the way that's like, you know, look at me. It's, it's just like you command that attention rather than demand it with like the the loudness. Um, so that's like the commonality um, just with this client that I saw because Leo is very like, it's all about the details. It's like very elegant and very regal and elevated. Um, and Virgo, the maiden has kind of similar aspects like that too, where it's kind of like the details um, carry more emphasis. So yeah, that was a really interesting one to observe. I love when it's that literal. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I always, when you said that, like your Leo muse, immediately what came to my mind was Beyonce because like, I just think that I know she's a Virgo, which comes through. Like I watched a documentary on her and she's like the most hard worker I've ever heard of. Love that. But she's got to have some Leo placements because she's just exudes that like this royalty and beauty. I'm, Ooh, I'm loving it. She's a Leo rising. I have no idea. I've never looked yeah. at her chart, but that, that wouldn't surprise me because yeah. again, sometimes it can have influence on your appearance too. And like, she kind of looks like a lioness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I'm going to have to look, look it up. <laughs> Um, okay, one thing that I am not familiar with of your cert services that you do, but I think it's really interesting. I want to hear more about it. You do a closet clean out. And I think that's so cool. Um, I like, so I know how much energy our clothes carry, and especially stagnant energy for like our clothes that we're not wearing or don't resonate with us anymore. I don't know why, but like, I personally have such a hard time letting go of things. It's like, I form an emotional connection to them and I like feel bad about whatever, you know? So what does it look like energetically when you do a closet clean out? And do you have tips for those of us who are emotionally Pisces moons and like connected to our clothing? Yeah, that's actually a huge part of um, what I cover in that because I'm the same way. Like I'm a memento type mm -hmm. of person. Like mm -hmm. I, yeah, I have like so many t-shirts of like old festivals and stuff, like stuff that I'm never going to wear again. Uh, but I can't like throw it out, like especially, you know, just things that have that, that emotional weight to them. But those items don't have to be in your closet, like taking up space. So I am a big, like I have bins of like, you know, clothing that like 
you know, was passed down from family members or like memento shirts. Like I was just saying, where like, I don't want to throw them out and I'm not going to throw them out, but that doesn't mean that they need to have a place in my closet just because it's an item of clothing. Um, you know, I used to be a festival performer, like a dancer and stuff. And so I have like a lot of shirts from like all these festivals and, you know, sometimes with something like that, you can like get creative with it. And like, eventually when I have enough, I want to like patchwork it and make it like a blanket or something like do something with it because then it can have that presence in your life. Um, but yeah, things like that don't need to be in your closet because it's cluttered. And again, like, it's just kind of, it's that stagnant energy. So I definitely think like, you know, those big bins, like uh, filling them with those items so that you don't have to get rid of them. But that's the other thing is I feel like when our closets are just too, um, just too like overpacked like that, we literally lose like a lot of our clothes like sometimes you'll come across a top and be like I literally forgot I had this and like I could have worn this 10 times in the last month like Mm -hmm. so I think um I always recommend like at the very least that people go through their closets like at least once a year I love doing it like either biannually or like quarterly, like in alignment with like the equinoxes or solstices or something like that, Um, like really ritualize it. And um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you like, do you like, okay, so I read Marie Kondo's book and in her book, she had said to like physically try everything on and feel like energetically how it makes you feel. Do you do that with every piece that you own? Um, yes, I don't necessarily have to like, you know, physically try everything on. Um, cause I have a lot of clothes that would take a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, the only thing with that, uh, and the other thing is that sometimes, especially because the fashion industry and trends and things like that are, are cyclical. So mm-hmm. cyclical, cyclical, whatever. But <laughs> so, you know, like all the fashion that's in right now is like, you know, Y2K, like 90s, like all that kind of stuff. And that is something in the fashion industry where like pretty much every kind of 20 years-ish, like things kind of, you know, you, you reinvent what was in 20 20 years ago. Um, and so I, you know, I have a lot of clothes and I'm like, definitely like borderline a hoarder. So, um, (laughs) but there are things that I've gotten rid of in the past where I'm like, man, I really could have like worn that now. So that's another thing where like, um, and I recommend this to, to some clients too, of like putting things like that, where you're kind of like unsure in a bin, I'm a big proponent for bins, um, in a bin. And then like, you know, if you don't touch it for like five years, then like maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it's passed, but, um, but that's the other thing because the other thing with personal style, and I think people really overthink this is, um, I feel like people are too obsessed with like having, having to like label their style and be like, okay, I'm bohemian or like I'm street style. So I can only dress like this. Mm -hmm. And that's, I feel 
like really contributes to people feeling like not embodied because you're putting those limits on yourself. And like every day you might feel different. Like that's something that I've struggled with because like I said, like I, you know, I used to go to festivals a lot. Like I, that's like my thing. I've always been into like the kind of bohemian thing, but you know, lately I just turned 30. So I've been kind of experimenting with like wearing heels more, which like I've never really done. And like, you know, just things like that. And it, and all of those things feel good and they feel right for that version of myself, but there's so many versions of myself. So I, yeah, that's something with the personal style where I feel like these like labels for style are, people are really locking into that instead of being like, I can take this and this and this and this and create myself. Um, And so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a hundred percent. I literally like one day I will dress like so girly and cute. And then the next day I'll want to have a big baggy t-shirt on and I'm still me and I'm still like my same vibes, but yeah, I, I definitely, I feel that on such a deep, like soul level, my style changes so constantly. And yeah, I don't know if anybody else is out there like that. I feel like just do you. And like labels are so weird. Like our world loves labels, but I don't know. I even like just to go further into that vein too, like, um, you know, cause you're familiar with, and this is things that we're going to cover in the rising radiance workshop too. Like, I feel like my style changes with each Zodiac season, like, yes. like that energy and stuff, like, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like, you know, your style's kind of changing once a month, like for the whole year. And then, Um, I mean, even that, you know, I feel like certain times of the year have certain types of energy. Like right now we're in Gemini season. And for me, Gemini is like the like trendsetter of the Zodiac. So I feel like, and Gemini is kind of like, you know, we're moving in from spring to summer and it's got that really fun, like lighthearted social kind of aspect. And I think that energetically, it's a great time to like experiment with trends, um, especially because we're going into summer and like, you know, that just that, that, that quick, like, you know, kind of like fleeting interest and stuff like that's why Gemini's are the trendsetters because they set the trend and then they're on to the next already. Um, and so I feel like that, at least for me, is like so reflected in the styles that I like during Gemini season I also think um like Gemini in particular I think is um because it's so like mercurial that uh prints really align with that so like I wear a lot of prints like I'm you know wearing this this um printed shawl right now and so yeah I feel like different times of the year I'm into different stuff and I just feel differently and I want to be able to embody and express that physically yeah a hundred percent yeah I think that one of our like main things that are so similar is our love for glamour magic so I want to talk about your experience with glamour magic and like what that is to you so what is your like what do you define as glamour magic what does it mean so glamour magic to me is is really that ability to embody 
the facets of yourself that want to have the spotlight on them on any given day. Um, and so I, I also use the term, um, fashion alchemy and, um, for me, like kind of the, the difference between those two, like, I feel like fashion alchemy, cause historically, like the process of alchemy has been, uh, the journey to, um, like perfection through evolution and change and so um you know like when you're in middle school and stuff and you're going through all these phases and essentially trying on different identities I feel like the glamour magic is like the daily kind of like um aspect of that it's kind of like the experimentation like the the phases and then the fashion alchemy is like the bigger picture where like the glamour magic and kind of trying on like, you know, these different identities infusing different aspects of it is like the kind of, um, you know, fashion alchemy is like the big umbrella, um, the big goal, like getting to who you are authentically um, and expressing that. And then glamour magic is like the kind of the route to get there. Um, and it is super fun you know like it's like the most fun being able to experiment like that um and that's just another reason why I feel like those style label limitations can kind of like get in the way of people really experimenting with glamour magic like that because the other thing is like the word glamour historically means like you know an illusion um like a mirage you know it, it really gives you the power to control how people perceive and receive you mm -hmm. um and especially in this day and age when our world is like so visual that is um that's a really powerful uh it's a really powerful tool to wield um to be able to do that and um yeah, you know, I mean, glamour magic, it's just so fascinating because before I ever, you know, learned about that or anything, and I feel like most people um, can, can agree with this, like, it's just, it's so innate. Like, we've all had those days where we wake up feeling like shit and then somehow you end up in like an awesome outfit and you're good to go now you know like mm -hmm. you're feeling yourself like having confidence carrying yourself differently um I really think that the intention behind glamour magic is just like the most powerful activator um of of yourself and then you know on any given day like what parts of myself am I activating yeah and with what you said about putting on an outfit and like changing the other day I was like in a whole mood I was having a bad time and I was wearing my really cozy big gray t-shirt that is so cozy but I'm like moping and I'm like I am wearing gray this is not ideal so what if I just put on a yellow outfit right now? And so instead of wearing a big baggy gray t-shirt, which felt cozy, I put on a little tight uh, yellow crop top and some bright pink pants. And I was like, well, shit, you know, I still kind of feel sad, but I feel a lot better. And I know you work so much with like color psychology and that's such a fascinating topic. How, and it's like not even a theory, like it's 
proven corporations. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone, like McDonald's, everyone does it and is aware of it. I think that's so interesting. Like how, how do you with that and with other parts of your glamour magic, like weave all of this into your like daily, weekly, monthly routine? Like, do you have habits that are just fundamental to your magic practice? Um, yeah, (laughs) definitely. I mean, for the Zodiac seasons, um, for sure. Like I, um, I'm like, where do I even begin? (laughs) But I'll start with the Zodiac seasons. Um, so, you know, every month I do a color palette, um, for each sign and the colors are not random like I'm not like this sign makes me think of these colors and I'm not gonna do like I don't know like it's not just aesthetic like the color meanings align with the energy and characteristics of the sign so for example right now it's Gemini season and the color palette has like a few different shades of yellow it's got like hot pink um lime green and peach and um yellow well first of all Gemini is an air sign ruled by Mercury um Mercury and the elements of air both correspond to the color yellow traditionally and Mercury and Gemini both and the elements of air are all about like uh intellect communication how we process thought like all of those the, all those airy things right and then um the color yellow actually represents communication you know all those things so it all aligns um you know I'll give you another example for for the color palette like the lime green um that is a color that represents creativity and stimulation and Gemini is all about mental stimulation that's like you know the name of the game so for me like you know what I do now with the zodiac bundles started because I started doing this myself and I noticed that I was a lot more aligned with those energetic currents throughout the year to the point where it's not just about um embodiment you know for aesthetic sake it also like actually aligns you with that energy like right now Um, you know, I'm in like the last month of living in this place. I'm like about to move. Like I had just started making like a couple friends in the community and I'm trying to like be like, you know, loud and socialize and like do all this stuff and all of these bright colors support and encourage those intentions. Um, whereas one of my favorite examples is, uh, Virgo because Virgo, if you think about the time of the year, that Virgo is it's kind of like traditionally like the beginning of the school year and like listen I'm 30 I've been out of school for a very long time but even me like when Virgo season comes around I get like what I call like the back to school energy where you just feel like you got to get your shit together Mm -hmm. and um the Virgo color association is navy blue and what does that represent it represents responsibility authority wisdom all of the those energies that support those intentions and so now like after a few years of doing this I like the way that I flow through the year is just so I there's just so much more ease and less resistance because I'm able to 
you know, kind of do certain things at certain time of years, at certain time of the year that are supported by the energetic currents that are present at that time. Um, and so that's probably my biggest one. But even with that, like um, this outfit is a perfect example. Like I work with the planetary days a lot too. And because I'm like a fashion nerd and have an extensive closet, I love the challenge, like the daily challenge of integrating colors from the color palette for the zodiac season, colors for the planetary day. And if I'm feeling real crazy, I'll even throw the moon in there. But like today is Tuesday, so it's ruled by Mars. I'm wearing the yellows for Gemini, but the this has like oranges in it for Mars. So that's always kind of like a challenge that I love because a lot of the times it ends up in pairings that I never would have paired before. And I love that, not just because it's fun, but also because it just maximizes the potential of each individual item in your closet so that when you buy clothes, you wear it and you don't compartmentalize it. And it's like, I have this and I only wear it with this and this and this, like just allows you to experiment and it brings more functionality to your wardrobe ultimately. Yeah. That's so funny. Cause that's actually my last question for you is <laughs> in relation to working with those, pl those planetary correspondents, like what does putting an outfit together look like for you and maybe go into like I'm curious about like all the details like the jewelry I know that you you go I do this you go so deep like with gold versus <laughs> silver jewelry you've got I've seen your ring collection and I'm obsessed with it so yeah if you guys can see this is it's so perfect so I'm curious like what does that routine look like for you um so I do want to say that as much as I, you know, try to align with like the monthly color palettes and the planetary days and everything, the biggest part of like a spiritual and magical practice, as I know, is following what you feel like your intuition, you know, just trust that. Um, an example is actually this past Saturday, like, um, Saturday is ruled by Saturn and that corresponds to black. So I always try to wear like some elements of black on Saturday, but this past Saturday, I was going out with this, this person that I just met around here. And I, you know, have like a little bit of social anxiety. So I was just like, you know, trying to like get, get in that vibe. And I was trying to pick what to wear. And I was so, I was kind of like putting uh, limitations on myself where I was like, okay, whatever I wear, I have to have black, I have to have black. And I just like, wasn't feeling that. And so I ended up going with like a full hot pink outfit with like little details of yellow, like high, but um, you know, sometimes you just have to follow what you feel and that that's so important. That's powerful too, because you know, there's a reason that you're feeling that, um, and if you look into like specifically like colors and stuff, like if you're ever like, I don't know, our, our evolution and like our color preferences can actually really be reflective of like the states that we're in, in our lives, um, which is just like, so, so fascinating. Um, but yeah, like that, that's something super important to, to honor that as well. But um, typically, 
yeah you know it's a lot like I like the rings for example like I have one hand where I have this ring that I wear every day it's actually two rings um the top one is vintage and kind of to me represents like a lot of my um my prioritization of like secondhand clothing and trying to be like as sustainable within the fashion industry as possible because it's like one of the most toxic industries on earth and then the moon below it is like rose quartz and so I I just feel like this is so symbolic of my work and my work is so much of who I am and then my other hands I leave open for rings that will match like my manicure which is in alignment with the monthly color palettes and stuff so um the like the the rings and stuff are probably the most like consistent part of like my monthly things um and uh the yeah those are the things that kind of stay put um throughout the month my jewelry I've just been wearing these two a lot because uh Gemini like it's uh it's associated to like Quicksilver so it just makes me think of like silver and um yeah so <laughs> I've been wearing a lot of silver accessories but yeah definitely been wearing like yellow every day and yeah yeah trying to fit in those planetary days <laughs> I feel you. I have my same rings on every day. It's like my one constant, like you said, in my amber necklace too. But um, yeah, that is so awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, I'm gonna give you some time here to just like let everyone know like what's new, like with you, you have that workshop coming up. Where can they find you at? Give us all the details. So my um, my social media handle is at the stylist witch and that's across all platforms you can find me on Instagram TikTok Twitter YouTube all the things. Um, my website is www.thestylistwitch.com. Um, yeah, I've got more workshops coming up in the summer. Um, my perfect style course that I launched last year, I'm going to be doing it for the second year coming this fall. So, um, things will be coming out about that really soon, but, um, yeah, I always got a lot of stuff going on, but all, all fun and colorful. <laughs> yeah. And you offer, offer all those bundles too. So if you guys want a sustainable bundle, you use everything secondhand or almost everything you source secondhand, which is really important to me. And I know a lot of people who listen, so you've got those bundles. You did the Venus bundle, which was so cute. You guys, I have those videos on my channel. So if you guys want to check out that unboxing and I may have a little unboxing coming here very soon of another little bundle that I'm so excited to share. And it's going to be so hard not to open it immediately when it comes in. So Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for that one to get to you. I I mean, I snap on all of them, but like, mm -hmm. yeah, that one's, that one's real special. <laughs> and for everyone who can watch, I'm wearing the earrings that I got in my, I think it was my Scorpio bundle. Yeah. And I, I wear these. I love these so, so much. They're so beautiful, but Thank you so much for joining us today. This was so amazing. Everyone, I will have um, Gabby's information down in the show notes. So go check her out and give her a big round of applause. It was such a pleasure having you here today. <laughs> it was such a pleasure to be here. And thank you everybody who joined. I am sure that Luna and I will have lots of uh, collaborations and things coming up. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
that is all from us today. What did you guys think? Did you enjoy this conversation? Let me know on Instagram. Let me know. You can DM me and definitely go check out Gabby on her pages. I hope you guys enjoyed and feel a bit more inspired and energized to think about your fashion alchemy like routine in your life. How can you make your clothing a bit more intentional and use it for your benefit within your own glamour magic. I know we are all some glamour magic witches over here. So I hope you enjoyed this. I know that I had such an amazing time. Huge thank you to Gabby for coming on the show. It was literally such a pleasure. It was so much fun. I hope you all enjoyed. I hope you're having a good Gemini season and I will see you all next time. Bye. Thank you.